You are now listening to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media. It's uh, very important to be with conscious African women and men. And I'm very excited to see Conscientization 101, to see Sister Zari there and the brother James and uh, to see that you have started an organization to conscientize the world, especially African people about what's really going on in this world. Conscientization 101. A lot of these people right now in this conscious, so-called conscious movement, they're not actually living in that, in that lifestyle. Fakers. That's why, you know, obviously yourself, we're on the same sort of frequency. That's why you're listening to the same things I'm listening to because we're sharing that same sort of thought. We want the same sort of things and a lot of people don't want the same sort of things. Even yourself, what you're doing now is for the people. So everything is people-based. Globally conscientizing. What's making me proud of what um, this kind of connection here is that, you know, no matter what is said, no matter what is done, um, you, you leave that, you leave listening to our music with a feeling. The same way we're going to leave this conversation with a feeling. And um, that is the most important thing you know, for, for I and I, the, the vibe and the energy and the feeling that you leave with. Because you might not remember every lyric, but you're going to remember the feeling. So um, that's, 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 that's really important and that's what I'm getting from what you're doing. Doing, doing, doing. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Conscientization 101 podcast. I am your host, Zari Sundiata, and I will be introducing you to part two of our three-part series where we feature excerpts from a dialogue we had with Dr. Julian Cooney of the University of Arizona about his book, The Cost of Globalization, Dangers to the Earth and Its People. And if you heard part one, we know you thoroughly enjoyed it and you've been looking forward to part two. Um, it took place, I mean, the full interview took place over two days. It was December 12, 2015 and January 23rd, 2016. So that just gives you an idea of how thorough the conversation was and the complete unabridged interviews of this three-part series is over four hours long. So there you go. And we'll let you know how to get the complete series at the end of the show. So, I'm going to stop talking, and we're going to air part two of our interview with Julian Cooney about his book, The Cost of Globalization, Dangers to the Earth and Its People. Uh, Julian, you have a chapter called Globalization, Ecocide, and Lethal Threats. And it's an in-depth discussion and analysis about the effects of globalization on indigenous people, culture, and land bases. In the, in the summary, this chapter uh, provides more evidence and support about the overall argument that globalization equals 
colonization. One of the most insidious aspects uh, we feel of exploitation is this new trend of ecotourism, whereby Westerners embark on excursions. You see, excursions <laughs> to learn about the true culture of indigenous people. And they propose this as an economic development for mm -hmm. developing, and I put developing in quotes, nations. And while they decimate the economies and gain all control over uh, certain indigenous knowledge, they can delude themselves into believing that they are being benevolent by contributing to the tourism market, which is an essentially a, an, an economy based solely on serving an affluent people from Western nations. I know, remember, Chinwezu talked about this. Ngugi mm -hmm. uh, 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 talked about this. I remember in Petals of Blood yeah. has also criticized this so-called ecotourism. We would like you to first give us your definition of indigenous people from your book and then talk about this dichotomy between the capitalist causing destruction and then presuming to give the solution to, the, to this destruction. Yes. Um, thank you, brother. Um, indigenous peoples are the peoples of the earth who are determined to retain, who insist on retaining their ancestral heritage, their language, cultures, and lands and refuse to be assimilated into the so-called Western cultures, systems, and societies of genocide. Yes. So these are peoples. Now, we're all indigenous. That's true. We're all indigenous by virtue of being children of the earth. Even the Europeans, they come from this earth. They don't come even though they like to think they come from outer space. <laughs> they, they, they come from this earth. The, the, the problem, the issue is, and this is why we see so many problems spread by so-called European peoples. And I say this not in some type of antagonistic way. I say this in a matter-of-fact way um, because uh, it was pointed out by Maledomasome in the book of Water and the Spirit. Um, Maladoma Somme is a Dagara traditional practitioner from Burkina Faso from West Africa. And he said the reason why the Europeans are restless and the reason why they are violent, and I talk about the ruthlessness of colonialism, um, you know, when they kidnap children and take them to boarding schools, which uh, Maladoma went through and he lost his language. And then they start perpetual wars among relatives, you know, communities of people like Rwanda and Burundi, people who speak the same language fighting each other. So why is it that Europe has persisted in this perpetual, perennial, endless, these endless wars, like the United States, wars without end, right? And it's because the Europeans have refused to recognize the spirituality of the earth and their own ancestors. Yeah. Keep in mind, when the Europeans came into this country, so-called migrants, but they were colonial invaders, occupiers, settler colonialists, they were told that they needed to give up their roots in Europe. Mm -hmm. So the Scandinavians that came, the Germans, the Swedes, the Norwegians, the, the Danes, the Finns who came to Minnesota, you know, or Wisconsin or Chicago and so on. 
they were asked to give up their own languages and take on English. Mm-hmm. And if you speak to many of those old Europeans there in the Midwest, they'll tell you that. They've told me that. So this was the part of their, their rejection of their ancestors. Now, when you reject your ancestors, you have no roots. Yes. And if you have no roots, you become ruthless. You have no conscience. Mm-hmm. So the reason why the Europeans are perpetually violent and destructive, there's no other place on the face of this earth where you've seen so many wars and destruction as in so-called Europe, France, Germany, Scandinavia, you know, Finland, Britain, Scotland, and all these places, right? right. Portugal, Spain. So, and, and that's because they have, re- they have refused to recognize their ancestors and what their ancestors have done in history against the earth and against the indigenous peoples of the earth and against the ecology. You know, Darwin was going out into the Pacific and studying, you know, all these different plants. And then he goes out and says, you know, origin of species, the fight for existence. We all, you know, have to fight. The strongest will survive. And that's why the Europeans are destined to become the rulers of the world because the, quote, inferior savage races just aren't strong enough Mm -hmm. to survive in this world. Darwin, the father of genetics and you know, that uh, evolution and all this kind of thing, all male anyway. So when we talk about indigenous people who refuse to, um, who refuse in any way to recognize the legitimacy of colonialism and genocide as the basis of existence, but who insist on continuing to practice their languages, their traditions, their cultures, raising their children in traditional ways, and who continue to practice their ceremonies on their ancestral lands, who continue to venerate their sacred sites, right, where they do ceremonies and get strength and comfort and empowerment from those lands of their ancestors that their ancestors have received from the earth, from the spirit world, like the Maasai in Kenya, in East Africa, for example. These are the peoples who continue to protect the earth and their ancestors from the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is why, and now, of course, we find that this is where most of those resources the gold, the diamonds, the platinum, the vanadium, the zinc, the cotton, the sugar, you know, all of these vital uh, minerals, food, are found in these indigenous lands. Uranium, Niger, you know, copper in Arizona, in Papua New Guinea. I mean, you're looking at uh, gold and and all of these found in these vital indigenous areas. And so this is why you have ecotourism. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You've got the Europeans then sending their messengers like they send the missionaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? The missionaries, the so-called explorers who were the invaders, Columbus and Cortez and Vasco da Gama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that we all had to celebrate as heroes, heroes yes. <laughs> the world. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, you know, you look back and say, man, how I was a kid, you know, 
I had to answer the history exam and put down right. who the explorers were in, you know, 1450 and 1492 and everything else. So, but, so today, ecotourism is the business, and it's a business. That's right. This is the thing about, this is the thing about uh, European capitalism. Everything is for money. Yep. The light of the sun, solar energy, $20,000 to put solar panels on, mm-hmm. on, on the house right. where we live. Okay, you have to pay for water. You have yeah. to pay oh for my. land. Yes, you pay for water and land. And yes. food. You have to pay for land. Now, indigenous people said, you know, this is why the Maasai, they have it very clear. Maasai. They said, look, we are indigenous peoples. And for us, there's, there's like three principles. You know, we as human beings, we're meant to be free and happy. To be free and to be happy, right? Not put in a cage, not put in a reservation, a reserve, a ghetto, a slum. We're meant to be free as human beings, like the rest of the natural world. Mm-hmm. The second principle is just as important. The earth can never be owned. The earth can never be owned. Right. And the Maasai say, we, we can't compromise on those two principles. That's why... All these brothers and sisters being put in prison, you know, and they're finding like, you know, they have some type of uh, game park out there in Maasai country in East Africa. And, you know, they're giving the Maasai hell, the Kenyan government, the Tanzanian government, uh, forcing those people out of their traditional lands so that they can have tourists. Serengeti, you know, have all these tourists come in. And all of those parks, by the way, were based on the model from 1872 of, quote, American, United States colonialism, European colonialism of the United States. They forced out indigenous peoples out of Yosemite, 1872, and started what they called national parks. How about that? To protect (laughs) nature. To protect nature. So that we can all go out, camp out at Yosemite, Yellowstone, uh, Rocky Mountain Park, you know, mm-hmm. to, to enjoy the quietness of nature, of course, without the indigenous people. Exactly. Minus the indigenous people. And so Brazil has that in the Amazon. East Africans have it with the taken over uh, Maasai lands in South Africa. They have the Kruger Park and all this kind of thing. All Kruger of these, Park. Mm. Yeah, Kruger after Paul Kruger, the yeah, guy who's exactly. supposedly the, the Kruger, you know, the Kruger coin. Yes, exactly. Kruger, yeah, mm, yeah. That's why I said, mm, mm, Yeah, mm. then in Nepal, they got, uh, you know, Mount Everest National Park. and But in all of these practices, you, you go out, I've been out actually in South America and Peru. Machu Picchu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's a beautiful, historic Aztec Inca site out there. And, and you know, way up in the mountains, way, way up there. And that's where the, the Spanish went and killed the indigenous people for gold. Right. Massacred, massacred indigenous people. Well, now they turn it into a tourist site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you make money mm-hmm. from the historical heritage places of indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Then you have what is called eco-tourists so that the white people, the Europeans, are principally the tourists, and you know, they may include some Japanese and so on, um, and who can come in there 
and give money to quote the natives, you know, <laughs> in the name of ecotourism, <laughs> so that all these Europeans can feel good about yep. themselves. Self-serving. You know? Yeah, still serving. So it's the same system and it's all colonialism. Yep. You know, it's eco-colonialism. And and we must speak the truth about this. You know, it's just I mean, when I was in Michigan in Kalamazoo, we were talking about it. I said, you know, you can't have study abroad programs which study Africans like people are in a zoo. Very you anthropological. Know, exoticize the yes. African people. Yeah. You can't have study abroad programs. You know, you got all these white people out there, right? Going to white students, going to Africa. And, and sometimes they may even, you know, white women may find a, a wonderful black man for a husband, which yep. would happen in these cases, you know. <laughs> and uh, underage uh, uh, youth, I heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you have them, then they take these photographs and this white woman is scented. You know, a white man is uh, seated uh, in the middle, kneeling down on, in the middle with all these black children around. Yep. You know, and they send this home. They send this to the college. They put that in the study abroad pro- brochure. And I said, Oh I my God, I hate those people. Yes, oh my yes. God. I said, These are it's the so condescending. colonial programs. Uh-huh. You know, Eurocentered programs. So the college and so on there, Western Michigan, you know, they got very upset with me and you know, I had problems with the provost and the dean, the president, and everything else. And I said, look, you have to have authentic study abroad programs where Africans are not seen as some type of, you know, people in the zoo, exotic mm-hmm. beings, mm-hmm. Uh, where, you know, these white people go down and they're the heroes and the heroines. Yes. You know, this is not about white people. This is about Africa. You go to study Africa on Africa's terms. Yes. And you keep your mouth shut and you listen because you don't understand and you don't know. You don't know the language and the, the nuances and the clan languages and the culture. You're no expert. Mm-hmm. So you be humble. I told them that because they didn't like me when I said that. But, you know, it's, it's, we have to tell the truth that these ecotourism programs benefit. Like I mentioned in my book that, you know, the six million that was made out of Nepal from the tourists at Mount Everest Park. Yes. All of them went to, um, uh, they went to the tourist companies in the West. You know, same with Machu Picchu. The same with Uluru in Australia. At the, the Anangu people receive one quarter of all visitor receipts. And we actually went there. We were out there in Uluru, the sacred central locust point of Australia, that, that rock that's about eight to nine miles you know, round, sacred ancestral site. And these guys, you know, they try to bribe the indigenous people there. Um, oh, we're giving you a portion of the money and you can be the manager and you can be the gatekeeper and all this kind of thing. People say, we want the land back. Yeah. Damn we want right. our ancestral <laughs> lands back. So, so too with Maasai Mara in Kenya, the same kind of thing, you know, from British occupation to the Kenyan government occupying Maasai, traditional Maasai lands at Maasai Mara. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have a project with uh, a brother, Samuel Nakaida, called the Indian Quarry Cultural Restoration and Ecological Preservation Project. You know, because the impact, the impact of global warming and climate change has devastated, you know, all these traditional Maasai ancestral lands. So we're dealing with a lot of issues there. And we don't need ecotourism to reinforce the 
economic exploitation of indigenous cultures. So, you know, this, this is about self-determination. This is about decolonization and Africans regaining and reclaiming our right to manage our own ancestral lands and honor our ancestor obligations. This is not about the white people coming to help us, you know, feed ourselves or the Peace Corps coming to build some water fountain. Mm-hmm. Inspire on you us. Know, mm-hmm. Give us water. Inspire I mean, on us. And, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Peace Corps is basically a conduit to, you know, that's how Kennedy started it because yep. he wanted to say, he said, we're tired of this ugly American, you know, uh, slogan. So here we got the Peace Corps and all you got whole bunch of people, even some black people would join the Peace Corps. Oh, yeah. oh I want to go to Guinea. I want to go to Cote d'Ivoire. I want to go to Mali. And I said, why? Well, we're going to build, help Africans build some houses. <laughs> you ain't build no houses over here and you're going to help Africans like you Thank special. You. And the thing about you know? it is, all you got to do <laughs> is read Kwame, uh, Kwame uh, Nkrumah's Neocolonialism, yes. The Last Stage yeah. of Imperialism. And it's yeah. at the end where he talks about the formation of the Peace Corps with Kennedy and them Schlesingers and all them, he talks mm-hmm. about what it was supposed to be like. And what's that America? What is that American thing in Africa? It's like a news agency. I forgot what it's called. I remember. Oh yeah, it's called uh, America. Coming out of bio says. Yeah, like. she said something's called some air, airways. Some Africa. It was started. You talking about Voice of America? Voice there of you go. America. That's, that's what it. it is. Yeah. The Voice of America, which uh-huh. is propaganda. Oh yeah, it's a propaganda machine. They've had that from the sixties. Yes, wow. exactly. Sixties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Voice of America. The Voice of America. And that's what Africans <laughs> hear about us on a daily. And then like we said, we got news. Right. What, what's going on in our lives? Yeah. <laughs> While we all be on the real truth. Straight talk. Straight talk. <laughs> we ain't even got no own nothing, but right. some kind of way we the Voice of America. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it's all craziness. And, and that's why we don't need eco tourists. We need our people. You know, if we have tourists coming in. All you come time. in, you come in, and we control the resources of the country, and we protect the ecology of the country. And, you know, um, we need, firstly, we need our lands back before we need tourists. Mm-hmm. Okay? We have to have mutual respect. It's not about imperialism coming in uh, like colonial predators and missionaries, you know, and, oh, tell us about your culture. Can you do a dance for us? Can oh, my God. They do that stuff on the college you know? campus. Yeah, yeah, they do that over here. Can you say can some do. words in your language, please, <laughs> so I can record it? You know, yeah. this kind of exotic nonsense. Yeah. This kind of exotic nonsense. Yeah. They used to do the same thing here, you know, with these study programs where they go into the south side of Chicago. Yeah, so, they do oh, the same yeah, thing yeah. Here. Yeah. This is how black people live, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So it's just, you know, it's all this racism and paternalism, like the pathology is with us. The, the white people need to study white people. They sure do. They need to study their societies to understand their histories and their dysfunction that made them so abnormal in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't know their own the culture, history. Mm-hmm. The cultures of extraction, the cultures of predation, the cultures of ecological extinction, you know, mm-hmm. it comes from Europe. Mm-hmm. It comes from them, from the peoples of Europe. So... And this is, again, not, I'm not European bashing here. I'm just saying things as a matter of fact so that we recognize the problem and correct it. Right. And my European relatives have a right and a, an obligation to correct it. 
so that we can all agree in this world. You know, this is not about anti-Europe and, and, and all this kind of anti-white and what have you. You know, this is about us telling the truth of how these things began and how they persist today. This colonial system has never been abolished. Mm-hmm. It's never abdic- abdicated, you know, mm-hmm. and it needs to be destroyed. Globalization is a colonial system. Imperialism is a Western European system. It is uh, always a relief to come home. And as I get older, I seem to be more and more preoccupied with the spirit that is Africa. Africa is not just the people. Africa is not just a state of mind, although it is all those things. Africa is our animating spirit. It is indeed the animating spirit of the world. I came to Twar out of the mist before Roman Persia exists before Ming before Greece circle the planets all of the seas first with speech astrology new stars that the rest couldn't see without a telescope past the Dogon about Sirius being so on pyramids aligned with Orion's belt lies that they tell about my kind melts literally built heaven on earth put women first cause they gave birth wrote on the wall still there today high science high culture displayed first to give divine lord pulled my up written down before Genesis starts Mechs left out of the west, landed in the south, you all know the rest is set and the saw Can't forget Haru, which means hero that's inside you Him and him two divided by tribes, together is the way we survive Krishna is black, Buddha's nappy head, they all hate the fact First to appear, walk with the G, trace verbally the ancestors live inside you and me Nah, never left inside ourselves, love for ourselves made us rebel Caribbean sea, where the place we fight to survive like Haiti First to give divine law, called my up, written down before Genesis starts <laughs> Apologists in black consciousness speak to my kind through rap politics Held up our fists through the anguish Genocide for my kind still exists They don't want you to wake up Cause when you do their plan shake up It starts with the child, teach them the way Humble and wild, wild for the freight Build for the day and the next him up too In the flesh left in Brazil, West Indies Yet so we build our way to be free Puerto Rico means rich port Got caught in their blood sport First to give divine law, called my up Written down before Genesis start Even the continents were born from Africa. Humanity, of course, itself was a child of Africa. What we call civilization is just one of Africa's latest products. And I think I think that our collective task is the rebuilding of that civilization. Absolutely, because you see, that is where it begins and ends for all of us. That indeed, to the extent that people of African descent have a major problem, it is indeed a spiritual problem. And until that spiritual problem is taken care of, anything we, anything else we do is futile. Now, one of the consequences, you might say, of my first, by by no means last, 
sojourn here was that we began to discuss, in some sense, the other dimensions that engulf of the universe. What we call modern physics only recognizes four dimensions. Length, width, height, and time. But modern physics is now coming up against a brick wall, a brick wall of their own making, because they are finding that to get beyond those four dimensions, and by the way, those four dimensions are limited by the physical constant we know as light speed, but to get beyond them, there is only one way to go, and that is through consciousness, because the fifth dimension is consciousness or mind. And that with consciousness or mind, you encompass all the other four dimensions and you transcend light speed. And it is therefore possible, really, as African adepts have known for time immemorial and have practiced for time immemorial, to in fact be two places at once. To indeed, to see eternity in a second and the universe in a grain of sand through the medium of the mind, through the medium of the conscious, literally, to go to the farthest ends of the universe. And there are those who do that who encompass the universe, because if, we, if the universe is in fact mind, it is accessible to mind. And we find in ancient Kemet that what? The universe comes into being through the agency of the mind of the creator, who gives the creative word out of that mind, and his name is Jehudi or Thoth. The Dogon say that the universe is a thought in the mind of Amma, the creator. So we see that even in the profoundest of African philosophies, this idea that the universe is mind is at the very heart of their thinking. So modern physics is a latecomer to an essential truth that African adepts and sages have known from the beginning of humanity itself. And the word is there for anybody to see, read, hear, and understand. Yes, and I want to say this to anybody listening to the audience. There's a book that everybody should read, whether you are European, African, uh, indigenous, uh, Asian, whatever. There's a book. And this will help. This is if you got your little white friends. Hey, this is a book that will help them out. It's by a white guy. That's one of my, I read this book every year. And those of you might ask yourself the role white people might play in the revolution. It's called The Colonizer and the Colonized by mm -hmm. Albert Mimi. Mm -hmm. That is a book. They got, oh, they, yeah. they talk about y'all in there. Mm -hmm. Are you left-wing mm -hmm. colonizers? And, yeah. where you, and the thing about mm -hmm. it is, the liberation struggle that brings the colonized together into a self-determining body. Guess mm -hmm. what? We can't preserve, make sure you get your privilege. Yeah, you no gonna space. have guess what? If we come into a new humanity, yes, you ain't no European. No, you're gonna have to ask yourself, who am I? Yep. Because for 500 yes. years, you, who you've been is encountered distinction to someone else. Mm -hmm. The white path has killed us, not the dark path. Yep. path. Mm -hmm. It is darkness which preserves. When you go to the root, when you go get a plant, you have to place it in the soil. Mm -hmm. It nurtures yes. itself in darkness. The reason yes. why we can go out in the sun. Is because we have that melon in that darkness and it <laughs> yeah. develops us. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Y'all yeah. don't have mm -hmm. that, okay? Now, I'm, all I'm saying is this. You're going to have to ask yourself who you are. I know it's yeah. hard coming out of an icebox, but yeah. your whole culture has been provocated on 
paternalistic, stealing on the one mm-hmm. hand and then yes. being paternalistic. And then even when you try to struggle, you still want to place yourself as the leadership. And yes. then you ask yourself when you in these formats, what, what role do I play have in it? We're yes. trying to make ourselves up. We're not preserving your yeah, role. Yes, that is not our job. You're not, out, you're not being altruistic. You mm-hmm. just yes. making sure you covering and hedging your bets. And mm-hmm. Biko said it yep. best about y'all. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and they uh, need to James... really separate themselves, their, their culture from universalism, because that's their problem. Because they try to extrapolate their culture and their way of life to, oh, that's human nature. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They need yes. to do the work to discern their own culture. That's what they need to do. And they don't want to do the work. They want everybody else to save them, but they're supposed to be the smartest people in the world. You know? Yeah. And so that's that's a lot of their problem. They can't yeah. even discern their own culture, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I just did a show uh, on an African radio station a few days ago, The Origins of Racism, and we were talking about this universa- universality. Mm-hmm. You know, European culture. They don't have to say introduction to European philosophy. Yes. They philosophy. say introduction to philosophy. Yes. I mean, look at it. You, you make the assumption that what is, quote, European is universal. Yes. And then this whole nonsense about, you know, um, what is, quote, Western civilization as represented, signified by the highest level, the United States, right? That's right. true. Basically, roots to Greece. Greece. And look that at where Greece true. started. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And uh-huh. it's like, you know, to look. And that's why they didn't like Martin Benel, who wrote... Black Athena. Black Athena. You when he t- yeah. You know exactly. when he and 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 that poor guy. You know he's he's gone to the spirit world now. But he tried to educate him. They hated him. They 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 threatened his life. Martin Bennell. He had threatening calls. His academic colleagues boycotted him. Mm-hmm. You know because he said that Greece, in fact, has African roots. Hmm. So you're talking about, you know, um, somebody who did the research. You know, and begins to undo this whole thing about Greece being the pinnacle of white civilization and then, quote, Western civilization as a, you know, continuous trajectory in that. Right. It's all an ideology. It has nothing to, it's lies. Mm-hmm. It's, it has nothing to do with reality. So that is how racism, white supremacy, white supremacy, there is, uh, when you see racism, and there's a difference between racism and prejudice. Black people can't be racist because we don't have the power to inflict our prejudices. I may uh, talk against a certain group all I want to, or the people of Zimbabwe may say, you know, we don't like the white people exploiting black people in South Africa. But the Zimbabweans, the Africans can never be racist because they don't have the power to colonize the white people, mm-hmm. either yeah. in Africa or in Europe. That's why you find white people in Africa still living like kings and queens, even yep. today. Yep wherever they find themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's white supremacy. Mm -hmm. See, white supremacy, there's a difference between prejudice and racism. White supremacy is the forced universalization of an ideology, which says that what is in quote, the European world today, quote, Western Europe and North America as sort of embodiments of Western Europe has its roots in Greece, mm-hmm. in classical ancient Greece, and that this is the pinnacle of human civilization. We have reached the pinnacle, right. the top, the yeah. apex. Mm-hmm. And that is why 
we are the supreme peoples of the world. All of the currencies of the world should bow down before the United States dollar, the British pound, and the euro, and so on. See, this is the ideology mm-hmm. that everybody has to stop when it comes to white people bow down. And this is how the whole world needs to uh, accept the, uh, you know, the universality of European culture. And by the way, when you look at the history, you know, I was telling you about reading about that book about the Chinese opium wars. The Chinese always saw the Europeans, the British, as inferior. Called mm-hmm. them a savage culture. <laughs> I mean, they insisted when the Europeans, the British came to China, that they bow down, kowtow, they call it, all the way to the ground in front of the Chinese emperors because they saw the British as, as, as savages. No, they weren't you know, there as wrong. Below them. <laughs> so, so, so there was this whole uh, universality of, of supremacy, white supremacy, and here's the guys bringing opium to China. Right. And making opium, you know, the world's uh, most prized cash commodity of the 19th century. Now you're going to talk about white supremacy, supreme in civilization, or supreme in barbarism. Yeah, and and also, let's put it into context. You got Herodotus, who's saying, yo, man, we got a lot from these Greeks, right? From them them ancient Egyptians. Right. uh And we owe them. Oh, yeah. And then you got the Greeks, who will tell you, the Anglo-Saxons are a bunch of Germanic tribes. Oh, yes. That's the British. Yep. The, Ang- the Greeks themselves said, those are barbarians. Right. Those yes. are savages. Yes. Yep. They, yes. They, gr- they said that to me in Greece when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> Greece don't even see themselves connected <laughs> to the, uh, with so-called yeah. Western civilization. Right. They, they see don't. themselves as a Mediterranean that sprung out of Kemet. Mm-hmm. And see, yes. and then the Anglo-Saxon Germanic tribes, yep. they the tribes, not us. Yep. And then they're trying to claim them as their starting point. Yep. Absolutely. In fact, when you look at all these peoples, you know, down then the so-called Southern Europeans, the Italians, the, you see many of them dark-skinned, right. you know, in, in Greece and all those parts of the Mediterranean there. They all had African influences, mm-hmm. African-Asian yes. influences uh-huh. there. Mm-hmm. You know, so they understood their histories. But it's this colonizer, this British imperialist Anglo-Saxon that consolidated everybody else, you know, then they they wanted the biggest part of the the globe. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why they said the sun will never set on the British Empire. Empire. That's right. You know, it was this whole thing about the world is ours and then we'll apportion it to the French. We'll give some to the Portuguese. We'll give some to the Belgians, Mm -hmm. you know, but we are supreme. You know, that arrogance. When I was in Scotland, the Scottish said, don't confuse us with the British. We are not British. We hate the British. The Irish said the same thing. They said, we colonized by Britain. Don't confuse us with being British. Mm-hmm. So they're dealing with colonialism from the British. Mm-hmm. You know, and we need to realize that that situation, that image of the universality of English, of uh, imperialism, Anglo-Saxon imperialism is still a problem in this world today. And North America, you know, Canada, the United States, Canada's what? The land of the queen. Right. Yep. Right. The sovereign. I mean, they still have the queen on the Canadian dollar. <laughs> and I, I said, when I was in Canada, I, I told them in Okanagan, I said, she doesn't look happy in the picture. <laughs> you know, all that stealing and looting of gold. She's not happy people. You should change the face of, <laughs> The Canadian dollar. So, you know, all these things, 
Decolonization. Yeah. Decolonization. And I just want to add to something you said, Julian, about uh, racism and prejudice. And what we got to understand is the basis of society is an economic base. And racism oh, yes. is an ide- ideological underpinning of a society whose eco- yes. economy is based on colonialism Absolutely. and slavery. Mm-hmm. So that ideology has ideology economic... Yes, it ha- it's in the superstructure yeah. and it underpins the economic basis Oh, of yeah. everything. Right. Us saying, man, we don't want these crackers on ourselves. There's no economic basis for that. Mm-hmm. When they yes. come up with these ideologies called introduction to philosophy and don't appropriately call it introduction <laughs> to European philosophy, the economic basis has to that that plays a role in the psychosis of the population right, yeah. to yeah. justify the enslavement, mm-hmm. the settler colonial ship. Of what they did. There's people benefit off that. You have to have an ideology. And what I see, we don't have most of all is the ideology. We have what did Kwame Tori said, we got unity of action, no unity of thought. You know, and yes. once we get the identity thing popping and know who we are, and, and you know, not people call us by these different names. Yes. You know, this whole thing, you go to an Italian, I'm an Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm an Italian. You yeah. I'm black. I'm Lil Mochino. Uh, I'm Prado Prado. I'm from uh, Mississippi. I'm, I'm Mississippi. Where your grandma and them come from? Mm, I, don't know. Mm, I don't know. Right. You, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Don't, don't let it rain on that perm now. Don't let it rain. I know you got some of that Nat Nola lighting up your skin. I don't. Boy, you looking like an orange creature. This is Ancestor Veneration. Diop taught me, I was the first on the planet No mere coincidence, this is God's plan Clark taught me, that everywhere the European went in history They rape and pillage on God's land Sertima taught me, to revisit the image of Egypt Back flip it, call it Kemet like my fourth seed What Ben taught me, to worship my mother like a goddess Black woman, true stories Malcolm taught me that the price of my freedom is death So after I'm free, I'm done After me, three sons left Martin taught me that boycott more deadly than a bullet That's a real pocket check MMG taught me, boss Marcus Messiah Garvey Different cloth Even a blind can find him in the whirlwind when they are lost In the time your mind can find, he was the key that would unlock Diop taught me Clark taught me Van Sertima, Dr. Ben taught me Malcolm taught me Martin taught me, I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory. Shake taught me, Henry taught me, Ivan taught me, Joseph Cannon taught me, Detroit Red taught me, Dr. King taught me. I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory. Diop taught me, carbon dating would validate my position in nature as you can all see. Clark taught me, never reject my ancestors, if I do I'll be rejected by my offspring Certainly taught me, my ancestors left me specific instructions of who I am and written in stone Dr. Ben taught me, there's a difference between knowledge and belief, if you can't see leave it alone Malcolm taught me, strictly to claim all mine, be proud, no illegitimate picnic Martin taught me that treason against a black king is overlooked, it's so appalling Marcus Messiah taught me a blueprint for a black business that we can still admire Black star liner, I do this for us Marcus, I'm a black star rhymer, my veneration is timeless Diop taught me, Clark taught me, 
Van Certum, a doctor, Ben taught me, Malcolm taught me, Martin taught me, I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory, Shake taught me, Henrik taught me, Ivan taught me, Joseph Cannon taught me, Detroit Red taught me, Dr. King taught me, I worship the prophet Garvey in all his glory. This is where we got to leave it for now, but don't worry. If you want to finish listening to this entire dialogue with Dr. Julian Cooney, all you have to do is go to our store at shop.concentration101.com. That is shop.concentration101.com. There you will have access not only to this interview, but to all of C101's unabridged interviews musical commentaries, and merchandise. And most importantly, you will be supporting 100% independent media. This episode has featured sounds from Donnie Mossberg, Tragedy. We've also featured the group Uhuru that includes Cyclonius and The Force. The song is African Wisdom from their forthcoming album, Uhuru and Big Frizzle, Ancestor Veneration from his album Family First, Africa for Africans edition. Links to the music are found in the show notes. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Conchian1, that's C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N, and the number one on Facebook at Conscientization101 and Instagram at C101Editors. And also visit our website at conscientization101.com or c101magazine.com and make sure you sign up to our mailing list. There you will be able to get all kinds of information. We send a weekly newsletter, so you want to make sure you sign up for that. And we want to thank Julian um, for taking time and talking with us. And make sure you get his book. I mean... The dialogue is one thing, but you need to read the book as well because we only we only touch the tip of the iceberg with this dialogue. So make sure that you go ahead and check out the book. Part three is coming up next, so make sure you stay tuned for that. That's the conclusion of this series, so make sure you look out for that one. Um, and before we get out of here, we wanted to play a track from the much-anticipated album from Sister Isis Starr. Her album is called Cream, Knowledge Rules Everything Around Me. And the track we're going to play is EST 1992. This album is a really good album. Um, We really are happy that she, you know, released it because every song on it is really, really good. She really like put, you can tell she put her heart into this album. So we wanted to play this song because it embodies a lot of what Julian is talking about. You can get the album now. We have links to the album in the show notes. And it's Name Your Price for a limited time. So make sure you check it out as soon as possible. We'll see you next time. See you next time.
truth And you hold the inner gold The beast can't mess with you Most high guided you through no man's land Won't fall victim to no man's plan Be what I wanna be I know I can Mighty and firm in my power That's where I stand Young African and proud I shout it out loud Won't follow no crowd Down the road of corruption Self-destruction Due to lack of knowledge We should all study self And know that life's a college I pay homage to my ancestry and every African is in my family tree I refuse to let the truth slip away from me So I fight for the cause of every breath in me Yo, check it, way too many got chains on the brain Many nights turn the day and nothing can't change, still the same Way too many got chains on the brain Nights turn to day, nothing can't change, still the same It's still the same? It's like EST1992 for the truth, all the rebels with the cause get a royal salute, real recognise, real when I like how you move, EST1992, the ancients pass through just to gather the truth, all the rebels with the cause get a royal salute, real recognise, real when I like how you move, is this a happy life we're living, love and knowledge that we're bringing, giving thanks for life and the givings of giving, most high bless the singers and the players of the instruments, come to soothe the soul with the daily upliftment, when you're walking on the road it's like your bad vibes missing, the crazy world you live in no longer seems twisted and the truth reveals itself like a veil that's been lifted, then we sight this man-made hell that we live in, your thoughts or your prayers can't get caught digging, a pit for your lost soul to run gold living, trapped behind bars of a mental prison, love to dilly-dally in a isn't man's schism, no one wants to read and no one wants to listen, I'm on my two-pack middle finger to the system, are you ready for this rebel, are you ready for resistance, it's time to make a change instead of sitting down and wishing, EST1992, the ancients pass through just to gather the truth, all the rebels with the cause get a royal salute, real recognise real when I like how you move, EST1992, the ancients pass through just to gather the truth, all the rebels with the cause get a royal salute.